chapter 16 this morning. This morning, I am going to go where few preachers have boldly gone before. Many do not like speaking on this subject. Uh, some like speaking on it too much. I think you know they like to uh, scare people. I was, I was afraid. I wasn't really afraid. I was kind of hoping, but I had a feeling we were going to have a bunch of visitors today. Usually when you touch on a subject like this, you can count on there being visitors because a lot of times, fundamental Baptists we get accused of preaching an awful lot about two things, you know, tithing. You can count on if you're going to preach on tithing, visitors are going to be there. And if you get on the forbidden subject of clothing. Oh my goodness. I mean, boy, you know that like, this is another reason that they have we have wooden pulpits because they they can protect you pretty good and they, uh, they'll block you from uh stuff people throw. You just got to be able to Duck quick. Pretty soon they're gonna, you know, to preach anything, you're gonna have to have glass, you know, like bulletproof glass that comes up around too, so they can see. Because people just they don't like this stuff. But it's it's in the Bible. There's some good things here. And you know, whenever you talk about dress standards, right? I went. I said turn to First Samuel 16 verse seven because everybody wants to preach this, or everybody wants to bring this verse up. So just so you all know, I know about it. I know about it already. Look at what First Samuel 16 seven says. But the Lord saith unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. It doesn't matter what you wear, because the Lord only sees the heart. And yeah, you're right. I know that verse. But did you notice it also says, man looks on the outward appearance? Man can't see our heart, can they? They don't know what's in our heart. We and that's why uh, what's on the outside is also important. While what's on the inside is much more important, what's on the outside is important too. And listen, folks, it's not my job to dictate to you what you should wear. That is not what I'm going to do today. I'm just supposed to teach what the Scripture says about it, and then set an example. That's my job as a preacher. I don't want anybody coming here and dressing to impress me. I am not the groom of the bride of Christ. That is not me. That is Jesus Christ. You dressing to impress me and to please the pastor would be like your wife dressing to please another man. Okay? I just represent... I'm just speaking on behalf of Christ. I am not the bride. And many people in churches, they dress away a certain way just when the pastor's around. Or people in the church, because they think, well, I might see him. But, you know, my question to those people is, do you think God doesn't see you when you're out in public? I mean, there are, there are people today that are, they will dress a certain way because they're scared they might see the pastor or somebody from their church out in public. And I think that's a shame. I think that's sad. And when you look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 4, I think it backs up what I said. I'm not, 
I'm not the chief shepherd. Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd. I'm not to be lords over God's heritage, just but I'm to be an example to the flock. And that's what I intend to do, and that's what what I want to do. And I'm going to show you what the scripture says about this. But I'm going to show you the scriptures. I'm going to show you biblical principles. But I'm not going to tell you every little thing to do. I hope you'll study this. I hope you'll pray about it and apply it to your own life. And you'll sincerely search your heart and ask yourself, am I pleasing God in this area? Because it is important. Many think that what they wear doesn't matter because God sees the heart. But man only sees the outward. It says it in that same verse. And Matthew 5.16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Okay, They can only see our good works. They can only see what we do. And when we do good, it will glorify God that's in heaven. But our focus, also while we're talking about the outward adorning today, our focus should not be on that, but our clothing should, and it usually does, Reflect what's in our heart. Go to First Peter chapter three. I've got a lot of scriptures we're going to look at today. Hopefully, we have time to get at all of them because I don't want you thinking you know, this is just Brother Tommy, uh, you know, making stuff up and doing, you know, just doing what he likes. Because you know, listen, folks. You know, my wife was talking about this the other day. She was talking about how I dress like in the Leave It to Beaver days, and and you know, and I. I take that as a compliment. Uh, I say that is the golden age of clothing, if you ask. And that's just my opinion. I like what they wore back then. You know, uh, Miss Elena was talking about some of Brother TC's clothes, and we wear a lot of the same type of stuff just because I'm, I'm a little behind the times. And you know, when I see what everybody's wearing these days, I don't, I don't take that as an insult. We, we were in a restaurant the other day, and there was, a, there was a fellow probably 70 or 80 in there wearing an exact outfit that I have. Exact same thing. I wasn't wearing it that particular day, but you know, my wife was always telling, "Yeah, you dress like an old man." I was like, "I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. They know how to dress." And you tell, if you, you tell me I dress like somebody my age, I'm going to be insulted because I'm just I'm not impressed <laughs> with the styles today. But First Peter chapter three, and I'm not telling you all you have to dress exactly like me. I, I sometimes you know go borderline nerd maybe, but you know that's that's fine. But I, I don't think I'm violating any biblical principles, and uh, you know. You want to really know how I shop. I mean, I wear the same clothes forever. When they wear out, I go find another one that's just like it. And if I if I get anything that varies from what I've been wearing in the last ten years, it's because I found something that was close on the clearance rack. That you know, <laughs> and so uh, you know, I, I just go clearance rack shopping. I go to Kohl's, look at the clearance section. If they don't have anything I like, I leave. And because I just I don't spend a lot of money on clothes, and that's probably obvious. Uh, but First Peter chapter three verse one says, "Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel." But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. So we see here in the Bible that that meek and quiet spirit, you know, having good character, 
That type of thing is an ornament. Don't let it be, you know, it's not about what we put on that outward adornment. It's talking about being fancy here, the gold, the costly jewels and things. That's not what it's about. Okay, but it's that inward man. That is the focus. And we're, we're much more concerned about that here today. Cause like I said last week, anybody can put anything on. I saw this, I saw a disturbing picture this week. You know, Hollywood. I mean, there are a bunch of freaks and weirdos there. And there was, the news media was calling it a she. Because nowadays, if somebody decides, you know what? I want to be a woman. You can be a woman. And this, they were calling it a she. Was it the, the Oscars or the Golden Globes or whatever they just had? And was in a dress. Very feminine dress. Looked like a woman, but had a beard. Had a beard. And it was one of these transgender people. And you know, bearded ladies used to be freak shows in the circus, but now, I mean, it's, you know, that was, it's respectable, it's fine, and I'm telling you, I, mean, I, I was greatly disturbed by that picture. And that kind of thing is becoming very common. But listen, guys, just because you put on a dress does not mean you are a woman. And just because you put on maybe a godly outfit, it doesn't make you godly. It doesn't make you spiritual. I could go and I could put on some Amish clothes. It doesn't make me Amish. Okay? And that's not what it's about. But there are things in the Bible that it talks about when it comes to clothing that we should follow. And I think it's very important. So, so you can fool people with clothing. But you're not, you can only fool them for a while when it comes to the behavior. So with clothing, what do we need to worry about? Well, first of all, the first point is this. When it comes to clothing, wear clothes. Y'all hear me? Wear clothes. Follow your natural instinct to cover up. It's a natural instinct to cover up. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. Okay, man and woman, they started out, they were perfect, they were without sin. But the Bible says they were naked and they were not ashamed. They were, they were innocent. Like that little baby, it's, you know, it can be laying there naked in front of everybody and it, it's too innocent to know that it should be embarrassed. Okay, you've all probably got those naked baby pictures of you when you were a baby and, you know, and now, and even now today, you know, you'll get embarrassed. If you see that, because but when you were a baby, you didn't care. You were innocent. But you know what? When they ate of that tree, look at Genesis chapter three, verse six. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. I mean, immediately. And then, if you read the rest of the story, I don't have time to go through all of it. But all of a sudden, God shows up. And what did they do? They sewed fig leaves together and they covered... They did the best they could. But what did they do? They hid. They hid from God. Why? And God said, why, why did you hide? Because we're naked. And it's just a natural instinct for us to cover our bodies with clothing. And we need to do that. It is very important that we do that. It's always a shame for someone to see your nakedness. Especially family. Go to Genesis chapter 9 and verse 20. Genesis chapter 9 and verse 20. The Bible says this is right after the flood. And Noah began to be a husbandman and he planted a vineyard and he drank of the wine and was drunk. And when you're drunk, you're going to do some stupid things. You better be careful. 
I wouldn't mess with that stuff. Wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. That's another sermon right there. But he was drunken and was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth, they took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And there's a lot of speculation about what was done unto him. But at the same time, what we do know is that he saw his father's nakedness. And he went and he told his brothers about it. And it was a huge shame for them to see his father's nakedness like that. And Shem and Japheth, they had enough character. They went and they took, you know, they took a cover and they went in backwards and they covered. They made sure they didn't look. They hid their father's shame because he was naked. And people aren't supposed to see your nakedness. It's, and it's completely unnatural to do that. And it's natural to want to cover up. But at the same time, it's like some people today, they don't seem to care. And the truth is, some people are so wicked they don't have any shame anymore. And if you go to Jeremiah chapter 6, 15, and you look at that verse, the Bible says, were they ashamed when they had committed abominations? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them. They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Listen, there's people out there they are so wicked, nothing embarrasses them. Things that ought to shame them. The way they go out in public and the things that people do in public. You know, these freak shows in Hollywood that do the messed up stuff they do on camera where people are going to go and crowds are going to watch their nakedness on a big screen. These people will show up at premieres to their own movies, and they sit there in a building where hundreds of people are going to look at their nakedness on a big screen, and they're proud of it. And these people are idolized today and respected. And if one of these people showed up in town today, I mean, people would flock to see them and fight for their autograph. And these people are a bunch of crazy, messed up reprobates. The fact that they can do the things that they do, I mean... Not just in private, but in public. And not be embarrassed, folks. That's not normal. And that's not right one bit. And we don't need to go around respecting these people and acting like they're great. They're not. They're disgusting. They will do anything for money. And that's pretty much why they do it. They get paid big bucks to do these things. And you can get past being embarrassed. You go around naked long enough, eventually you're not going to care anymore. But I don't recommend that. Some of these people probably are just maybe they're demon possessed. Remember the maniac of Gadara, that demoniac that had the legion of demons in him. What does the Bible say he wore? He wore no clothes. And what does the Bible say after he got saved? They saw the legion sitting and clothed, and in his right mind. I don't even think Jesus had to tell him to put on some clothes. I think once he got saved, I think once those demons were out of him, he knew to put clothes on because it is a natural instinct to be covered. And listen, and we, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, that's one thing I'm thankful about in the wintertime. We've got a couple people right here in this neighborhood. When I'm driving here to church all the time, we've got one guy that likes to work on his car just in a pair of shorts that he will not pull up as far as he needs to pull up. And what he shows... It should embarrass him. It embarrasses me. For, I'm embarrassed for him. I think about his poor kids. 
They got to look at that all the time. And I don't know this for sure, but there's a little kid right here in this area that rides around on his bike that's about the same build, I guess you could say, that goes around the same way all the time, showing the whole world what the whole world doesn't want to see. And he ought to be embarrassed. And people aren't embarrassed anymore. And and you know that's one thing for lost folks. But listen, cover up. All right, put on some clothes. All right, what am I supposed to wear? Just hey, wear clothes, folks. Cover up. Cover up your nakedness. And when you're going to be seen in public, wear what you would wear if Jesus was present. We're going to look at what the Bible considers nakedness. But you know, John chapter twenty-one verse seven, because nakedness is more than just being completely naked. All right. Obviously, people aren't going out completely naked. They would get arrested. All right. We still have a little bit of standard in our communities today. Just a little bit, not much. You can you can be pretty close, especially if you're around water. You can be almost completely naked, and you'll be fine. But John chapter twenty-one verse seven says, "Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. They were out in the boat. They were fishing. This is after the resurrection. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him." For he was naked and had cast himself into the sea. Now the Bible doesn't say, but I don't think he was completely in the nude. But he wasn't properly clothed. And when he found out that Jesus was out there, he jumps into the water. I don't know if that was Jesus would think, okay, he was swimming, so it was fine for him to be naked. You know, I, oh, yeah, I was just out for a swim. No, I don't think it was that either because he took his coat with him when he jumped in the water. I don't know if he's going to try to put He just panicked. What do you, I gotta hide. I'm not covered up enough. And let me tell you, you know, that's a good rule of thumb there too. I mean, if you would be embarrassed to be seen by anyone in the church, if you would be embarrassed to be seen walking into the church like that, you might maybe want to add some extra clothing. And nakedness is more than just total nakedness. It's also not being covered adequately. And there's other scriptures we could look at. We don't have time to go into all of them. But you know, public nakedness, it's always a display of rebellion. It's always been involved in forms of rebellious practices. Remember when the children of Israel made that golden calf and they're worshiping that golden calf and they had their rock music playing. How do you know it was rock music? Well, the Bible says when Joshua heard it, it sounded like the noise of war in the camp. And I don't know. You listen to some of that rock music going on. It sounds pretty chaotic. It sounds like some warfare going on sometime. Why is it with today's rock music? Somebody was telling me about the mosh pits that they have one time where they just go and big crowds of people stand on opposite sides and they just run into each other. Kind of like in a battle. Why would you do something like that? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I've heard about people getting hurt really bad in some of those things. And you know what's always you'll find in common at those type of events is people wearing hardly any clothes. It's just it, it comes with the territory. It is a it is a it's a sign of rebellion to not wear clothes because it's normal to wear clothes. It's a I mean, you know, rock music is a sign of rebellion. Okay, I mean who what, I mean just loud obnoxious beats. It's not normal, but. People like to go against what's normal. Go against what you know society thinks, and and it just keeps getting worse and worse all the time. And it's just it's out of control now, and it's just it's common for these people not to wear very much clothing. 
and it just it makes sense. It goes it goes with the territory. But you need to wear clothes that keep you that you, know, you need to wear clothes, and you need to wear clothes that will keep you covered. All right. The Bible says, and here's an example of what naked you know of what nakedness is. Exodus chapter twenty eight verse forty two. Exodus chapter twenty eight verse forty two says, and thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins even unto the thighs shall they reach. Okay, you see that from the loins to the thighs, you need to make these breeches or maybe breeches is what we call them today, pants that cover from the loins to the thighs to cover their nakedness. And they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons when they come into the tabernacle of the congregation or when they come near to, unto the altar to minister in the holy place that they bear not iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever unto him and his seed after him. So right there, God, their nakedness needs to be covered. That is their nakedness. So I'm sorry, folks. According to the Bible, the Daisy Dukes are out. Alright? That, that doesn't count. No, if it's showing the thigh... It doesn't count. The Bible says that's nakedness. We read it right there in Exodus. I thank the Lord that guys now have gone to the longer shorts. All right, y'all remember like it was the early '80s and '70s when they wore those tiny little things, and that was disgusting. All right, and that was nakedness. Okay, it was showing their thigh, and I don't, I don't want to see that. I'm, that's one thing that has you know gotten a little better, at least with the guys we wear. You know they'll they'll wear the longer shorts that go down to the knees and stuff, and those were those were pretty gross. And my dad, you know, he's told stories. He said that he's he's scared to death because there's a, he said he knows there's a picture out there somewhere. He's afraid it's going to surface on the internet, you know, through Facebook or something one of these days, where he was wearing these cut off jeans that were so short. He was roller skating wearing these cut off jeans that were so short you could the pockets were sticking out uh, of the bottom. I mean, and that would be funny uh, to see that, but he's scared to death that picture's going to surface one of these days. And you know, back in the 70s, that was common. And you know what? That was wrong. That was nakedness, according to the Bible. And we should not be doing that. And also, you need to wear clothes where your nakedness won't accidentally be seen. You know, a lot of times people, you know, we like to just go right to the border. All right, you, know, all right, you, can't, you can't see the thigh, but you know what? Can we make sure we keep it that way? Alright, because, well, look in Exodus chapter 20 verse 26, it says, Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. You know, if your nakedness can be seen in any position, I guess, well then it doesn't really quite count either. So some people, they, so they, when they're standing posing, their nakedness is covered. But boy, if they move around wrong, their nakedness is going to be seen. And it's very awkward. It's very embarrassing. And we don't want to ride the line on that stuff. You need to wear clothes that will keep you covered so we don't accidentally see your nakedness. No, it's And uh, that's some of the guidelines that God gave them in the Bible. Wear clothes that will keep, that will keep you covered and that where you're not going to accidentally see someone's nakedness. Wear clothes also. It's more than just being covered, but you need to wear clothes that, just, that aren't revealing. You know, what's the point of covering nakedness if you can see every curve of the body? Okay? I mean, what's the point if they're so tight that nothing is left to the imagination? You know, there needs to be some honesty there. I mean, first of all, 
Isn't that uncomfortable? Wearing clothes that tight? I mean, when you've got to put butter on your legs and jump off your roof to be able to get into your pants, aren't those a little too tight? I think, you know, wear something that fits, okay? Wear something that's comfortable. You know, I just don't understand it. You know, listen, there's people out there. I know, there's a guy that I work with. That, I mean, I have a physical job where you're working, moving around, and he wears these pants. He wears the saggy britches that look like they're about to fall off all the time. And that just, that's not real convenient. But you know what? I can't think of any violation of Scripture. You know, as long as you're wearing a shirt long enough, you know, to, to keep your backside covered, you're not breaking any laws of nakedness in the Bible. But really, you know, do we need to be doing that? Alright? Why, you know, I don't care if that's stylish. I don't care if that's what's in. You know, I'm not gonna wear things that are so tight I can't breathe, and I'm gonna wear things so loose that I gotta worry about losing my pants all the time. It's just, it's not gonna, I've seen people out in public that lost their pants. And as loose as they were, it's not a surprise. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be funny. You know, just it's, but it's it's the way it is, and it makes no sense. And we've got to stop just going along with everything everybody's doing. People do stupid stuff. Said in when, so, yeah, you need to be covered from the ones the thighs. But like I said, you know, give yourself some breathing room too. We don't want to know everything about you, okay? By by your clothing that it's so tight. So just little. Keep that in mind. So also, you know, this is biblical. This is not popular today. Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two, verse five. Wear clothes that are associated with your gender. Deuteronomy twenty-two, five. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord. That word pertain something that was you know that pertained to something that was if it was made specifically for a woman. Now there's obviously some things that were not necessarily made for the man or woman. Like there are some T-shirts and things that you can get you know that maybe either person could wear. It's not made to be. It's not like a gender neutral thing. Like I don't do this unisex stuff. Okay, but I mean there's some things you know maybe a pair of shoes. Tennis shoes or something, I don't know. But if it was made for a woman, guys, don't wear it. If it was made for a man, women, don't wear it. Now I know that then, you know, said you know, it's hard to tell these days, isn't it? I mean, it's really tough to tell these days. You know, it's because but here's the it is natural for a man to look different than a woman, and vice versa. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. Turn over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. See, a lot of this stuff is just natural instinct stuff. You know, wearing clothes. It's a natural instinct. Looking different. You know, the sex is looking different from each other. 1 Corinthians 11, 14. Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given to her for a covering. So we see there in the Bible, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Why? Because it's a glory for a woman to have long hair. And if it's a female thing to have long hair, well, that's pretty embarrassing for a guy if he has long hair. And so, and folks, this is another side note. Don't listen to the Jesus had long hair. You know, 100% of their evidence for Jesus having long hair is a bunch of paintings from... You know, the 14, 1500s and stuff. 
Okay, there is no evidence that Jesus had long hair. There's nothing in the Bible that implies that he had long hair. The Bible says that Jesus was without sin. And if Jesus, and if God's word says it's a shame for a man to long hair, have long hair, I think it's pretty safe to say Jesus didn't have long hair. And so, don't fall for the pictures. Don't fall for the movies. Jesus did not look like some burnout from the 60s like most Jesus characters do on TV shows. Jesus looked like a man. He looked like a Jewish man. And I've said this before, Jesus, He probably looked more like... you know If we saw Jesus in an airplane today, we'd probably get nervous. He probably looks more like a Muslim than He looks like any of us. And so, keep you know, don't don't listen to what Hollywood says. They get they get everything wrong. But it's but it's natural and for men and women to look different. And it's a shame when they look the same. And we and that is that is biblical. And that was talking about hair. But I believe that goes across the board. It's a shame, and we need to wear things that are associated with our gender. Also, do not wear clothes. That associate yourself with the world. Now, some of these things get a little more vague. Okay, now where are we going to go with this? But uh, Proverbs chapter seven, verse ten. Now, we're not going to turn there. But the Bible says uh, there that he's beheld, and there met him a woman with the the attire of an harlot. He could tell by looking at this woman that she was a harlot. Okay, and a lot of times people they like to kick their you know message on dress off with that verse. And then they will proceed to tell you what a harlot dress is like. Okay, and you know the truth is, I think we all know what a harlot dress is like today. But here's the thing: what did they dress like back then? Well, we don't know for sure. We know in Genesis, hundreds of years before that, that Tamar dressed up like a harlot, and what? And she was wearing a veil. The Bible says. So maybe brides need to get rid of wedding veils because harlots. Where you know there are some things that change over time, aren't there? Styles and trends and things they change over time. What was the attire of a harlot at one time would probably be considered modest apparel today. Things do change over time, and so when it comes to clothing, said it's sometimes it is it is tough to nail down. What's right and what's wrong, and we've all got opinions on it. And I'm not here today to give you my opinions. I'm here to show you what the Word of God says. But there are clothing we see in the Bible that associate us with somebody or with something. And let's just face it: when it comes to dressing like the world, well, what does that mean? Just what most of the world's doing. You know, the fashions and styles of this world today. One thing that they are doing is showing more and more of the body. The clothing of today is covering less and less. Of the body. We don't need to go along with that. The rules of nakedness in the Bible still apply. I don't care what the you know, standards are today when it comes to clothing. I mean, I heard in New York, apparently there's a law in New York that they made recently uh, concerning women that I don't even want to mention in church. I mean, it's just terrible the way our society is going downhill with clothing. Listen, what our government decides is nakedness and what's not nakedness is not what we go off. It's off the Bible. okay? And it still says from the loins to the thighs to keep, you know, to keep that covered. I showed you the verse on that. And the fashions and styles of the world today are showing more of the body. The fashions of the world today are blurring the lines of distinction between genders. So making things more and more, you know, stuff that it, it could go. Either way, listen. When I go buy clothing, I go to the men's section. 
and my wife goes to the women's section. And you will never, I, I will never buy an item of clothing in the women's section and wear it. Oh, you know, that can be, I, I don't care. You know, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not walking the line. I, I know there's, there's some unisex stores you can buy clothes. There's probably some clothes there that don't violate any biblical principles. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to shop there. I'm not going to go with that fashion. I'm going to wear things that are, that's what the men wear. I remember when I was, when I was still at Lighthouse, we had some ladies that rode our bus that were, uh, had an alternative lifestyle, you could say. And one of them, Showed up in a suit, <laughs> and we knew which one she was in the group, and it was just—it wasn't—it wasn't right. It wasn't normal. You know, I'm—I'm going to wear clothes that are made for men, and ladies wear clothes that are made for ladies. And the fashions today—they're trying to blur that line of distinction. The fashions of the world today—they rebel against common sense. Like I said, the baggy pants—that makes no sense. Okay. I mean, what if you have to run? You know, what if you get in a hurry? You're going to have trouble. You know, the holes in the jeans. Okay. Now I remember that was big. In, I think in the '80s or '90s when I was a kid, I remember the holes in jeans. But that's come back. I saw a girl in the mall the other day. She already had these jeans. Maybe the holes were natural because they were so tight. You know, that's why the holes were there. But she had these holes going all up, all up her legs, showing some of the nakedness. And because and that doesn't make sense, I always believe if you're going to have holes in your clothes, you got to earn them. You got to go out there and you got to earn them. You got to, you know, my, my kids get they get holes in their knees all the time from their clothes, but they earn them. We don't buy them that way. And did you know you got to pay more to buy pants with holes in them? I'm not doing that. I'm, I'll, I'll go buy ones that are complete. And it, it doesn't make sense. The tightness, it doesn't make sense. It's clearly to be sensual. It's clearly for the wrong reason. And that's, that's worldly fashions today. And listen, there are things that people have preached against, you know, like, there was a time when preachers were preaching against guys having beards. Now, I don't know how you get up and preach against a guy having a beard when Jesus had a beard, okay? Obviously, it's not a sin for a man to have facial hair. But, you know, Maybe back in the '60s when the hippie stuff was getting big and going on, you know, you didn't want to associate yourself with the hippies, and so maybe that maybe that's what they were trying to say. But they've got, some of them still today. The old timers are against guys having facial hair, and I'm not going to preach that because Jesus had facial hair. I can't really call that a sin. And my wife, she's been trying to talk me into growing facial hair, but it's like I, it, it just bugs me. I'm not used to it, but. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I keep telling her too, facial hair is getting real big. You know, you got the Duck Dynasty crowd, I think, being an influence. You got a lot of the big beards and stuff today. It seems like everybody's growing beards. And me, I just feel safe doing opposite of what everybody else is doing. And so I told her, I said, when everybody quits growing beards, I'll grow one. <laughs> but right now, uh, I know too many people doing it. And so, but you know, that's just me. Cause I just, I don't want to, I don't want to follow the crowd in anything. But you know, don't follow every new trend and fad of the world. You can dress in a nice way without violating the principles that God gave in His Word. It can be done. It's going to be hard. Okay. Now, you know, you're not going to be able to go to Hot Topic in the mall and find clothes that are going to work, or some of these other you know weird stores that are out there. You're going to you know, but they're there. It takes some work. 
You know, and it's like, well, you, well, what about the fashions and trends? You know, 50 years ago, you know, I got to look at, you know, we were talking about the other day, you know, the necktie. Where did that come from? How did that get started? How do we know that wasn't worldly at one time? And how do we know that wasn't preached against at one time? And I, I tried reading some history on it, and boy, it was boring. I quit reading it, but apparently, I think it started in France, which made me a little nervous. Uh, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. I've never known of anything good coming out of France. But I, got to, I looked at the uh, pictures of the presidents. Because you know, all the presidents, they all wear ties all the time. And you know, the first president on their presidential pictures that was wearing a long neck tie? Benjamin Harrison. Back in 1889. Before that, they all wore bow ties for a long time. You know, I got thinking, I wonder if preachers preached against the long tie. You know, one time. Just because it was the new trend and whatever he was doing. Then after Benjamin Harrison, there was like three presidents with a bow tie again. And then at Teddy Roosevelt, from then on, it's been the long necktie ever since. And so, uh, you know, I don't know how that got started. But you know the truth. You got to ask yourself. You know who am I following? What am I doing? And you know there's there's clearly stuff in the Bible. You know the Bible talks about in First Corinthians eleven. It says every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even all as if she were shaven. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven. Let her be covered. It's like, you know, if it's a shame for the woman to be shorn. Okay? I mean, obviously in some cultures, it might not be embarrassing if the woman has short hair. In others, maybe it is. Some things are kind of cultural depending on the time, I think, whether they're right or wrong. Remember in first second Samuel, there were some of David's servants that were taken and they shaved a half of their beard. You remember that story? They shaved half of their beard. And then they also cut off some of their garment. But David went and he had them go stay somewhere until their beards grew back. Why? Because then during that time, it was a shame for a man not to have a beard. So, you know, things sometimes do change and we've got to understand that and we've got to, we've got to factor those things in there. But we've got to make sure that we at least are... You know, this is something you need to have a good conscience with and you need to ask God... And make sure you're not violating any of the biblical principles. You know, don't wear clothes that associate you just with a religion, but wear clothes that associate you with the like uh, Christ-like behavior. First Timothy two nine says, "In like manner that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works." Okay? If you profess to be godly with good works, you need to wear clothing. The Bible just says modest. Not the outward, not the fancy stuff, but stuff that's modest. And then once again, it talks about the works. Okay, Something that, that becomes a woman professing godliness with good works. There are just some types of behavior that you cannot do dressed a certain way. You can take a little girl. Okay? And you dress her up like a princess, and what does she want to do? She wants to act like a princess. And you take that, you take a little girl, or you take a boy, and you dress him up in army clothes or something, and you give him a toy gun, he's going to go around shooting everybody. I mean, there's just some things, depending on the clothing you're wearing, you're going to act a certain way. And the, there is a lewd behavior that's going on in this world today, and there's a clothing that goes with it. And we wonder why. Our boys and our girls are so promiscuous and why they're always getting in trouble and having bad relationships and things. 
Maybe, maybe we're dressing them up for it. And I'm telling you, there is a certain behavior that goes with clothing. It just, it's just, it's, it's in us. But our clothes, they should communicate, like it says in that verse, that you know, with sobriety, that we're serious, we're ready to do right. You know, a lot of these people too that you know dress up like gangbangers and stuff. You know, they're wondering why the cops are always watching them, and why they're always looking at them funny, and why they're always suspicious. You know, they don't look that way at people that are dressed like normal, decent citizens. And I know what I just said would be considered very racist. But a lot of people ask for it. You know, if I go into a gas station wearing a uh, a ski mask, they're all going to look at me funny, aren't they? You know, it's against the law. I mean, what's wrong with the ski mask? I'm not violating any principle, biblical principles there, am I? But no, if you cover your face, it looks like you're planning on doing something that you're not supposed to do. You're not even allowed to wear a hood into the gas station anymore. Why? Because it looks bad and a lot of people are dressing in ways like they're asking for trouble. I heard a story one time about a pastor's woman that got arrested by the police because the way she was, they thought she was a hooker. The way she was dressed. And she was out in an area where they were known to be, and she looked like one. She wasn't. But she looked like one. And you know what? We ask for it. Sometimes people were asking for it. But by the way we dress, and we've got to understand what we wear, it does communicate some things. And listen, when I go out, if I'm out knocking doors, I'm out visiting, I'm going to dress in a way that's not going to freak people out when I come to the door. I could show up looking like a thug. Hey, I'm just presenting the gospel. They shouldn't be looking what I'm wearing. They should be looking at the heart because it's, that's what God looks at. Well, they can't see that. I better dress in a way that's not very threatening. And of course, ties today can be very threatening <laughs> to people because, especially if you're carrying a Bible, that's really threatening. But uh, for a different reason, nobody's you know the, the cops aren't going to come after me. They're not going to go shoot me. It, it's clear. But you know you shouldn't be dressing in a way to attract the wrong kind of attention. Don't be dressing in a way, you know. Women, you know, don't be trying to catch every guy's eye out there. There's ways you can do that with the clothing that you wear. We're not supposed to do that. The Bible says, you know, he's told the men not to look at a woman to lust after her. But then you got women out there that want to dress in very lustful ways, making it hard. And it is it's difficult these days with just the lack of clothing that's going on out there. And Christians, we should have no part of that. The principles in the Bible, I believe, are very clear when it comes to what we should wear, but it doesn't spell out every little thing. You know, somebody like, why don't we just go back to wearing robes like they did in Jesus' day? I don't I don't think we have to do that. I don't think we have to dress like we're from the eighteen hundreds. I don't believe that. I think you can dress in a modern way that doesn't violate any biblical principles. But at the same time, too, what you're going to have to do is you have to have some standards in your life that you put in place to make sure you don't cross any lines. Okay? Alright, you know, how short's too short? You know, okay, obviously the thigh's got to be covered, but, you know, we, maybe you want to go a little longer because you don't want to accidentally show the nakedness. Sometimes, you know, maybe you just don't want to worry about it. It's like, you know what, I'm just not going to do the shorts thing because I don't want to accidentally show the nakedness. Sometimes we put in some man made standards in place just to make sure we don't cross any lines. You know, how tight's too tight in the pants, you know? You know, I'm not going to go around and 
do like a stress test on you know <laughs> on people. So I'm I, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not supposed to do that. But when it comes to yourself, you need to set some standards in place and say, you know, I'm not going to do that. This clearly is against God's law, and so I'm going to make sure I don't cross that line. And some of these standards that we have. You know that I have in my life. You know they're man-made ones. I can't really show you a Bible verse that says, you know, thou shalt do this or do that or not do this or not do that. But I'm going to place those standards in my life because I want to please God. And if I think that might be crossing the line or getting close, I don't want to stay on the edge. Okay, I want to stay in the center. I want to do right. I want to please God. And the Bible tells us, like we talked about last week, we are ambassadors. For Christ, we represent Him, and when we go out in public, man can't see our heart, and so we've got to make sure that they see one good works. That's mainly they they see a Christ-like behavior. That is the most important thing. But we've got to make sure we don't hide our light under a bushel. And you can dress in a way where you can throw off suspicion that you might be a Christian. Even you know, go ahead, go. Wear a beer T-shirt or something. I guess that'd probably be you know that's got to be violating a scriptural principle somewhere. I mean, there's things you can do, and so it's not all spelled out. But the principles are there. Wear clothes, okay? Modest clothes. Cover your nakedness and dress. Don't associate yourself with the fashions and trends of this world. They're going downhill fast, and you need to make sure that you know. And if you have questions on these things, you know, I'd be glad to tell you my opinions. On these things, I'd be glad to do that. But I hope nobody ever just tries to dress. Oh, our pastor says this. Hey, you need to dress in a way that you believe is going to please God. Think about Him. You know, Lord, are you okay with this? Lord, I'm going out today and I represent you. Am I going to embarrass you with this? I wonder what some of these poor kids whose moms go. I, I can't imagine. You know, when I, I had a godly mom, she dressed modest. But I can't imagine as a kid if I had to go around public and the whole world can see my mom in ways that they shouldn't be able to see her. That would be, be so embarrassing. I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that. I don't want my kids to have to deal with that. I don't want them to have to be embarrassed. Oh, you know, here comes Dad again, hardly wearing anything. No, no, I don't want to do that to them. I don't want them to have those memories of me. I'm glad I don't have those memories of my parents. That would have... No wonder there's so many scarred people today when it comes to their parents. Maybe if their parents would have wore some clothes... It will save, save a lot of trouble. And we need, we need to do that. So with that, I want us all to stand together.